If you do any prospecting with LinkedIn, you have got to go get set up with Surf. That's S-U-R-F-E. It's a tool you can use to add new contacts to your CRM system directly from LinkedIn in seconds. I'm using it every single day. I add contacts, follow my deals, keep track of notes, and it ends up saving me a bunch of time on prospecting and outreach, which means I can spend more time moving my deals along. The data is always 100% accurate since I don't have to copy and paste all the fields over from each and every contact that I want to put in my CRM. Instead, Surf does that all automatically with just one click in about 60 seconds. The team over at Surf has put together a very special offer for fans of sales players. There's a link down in the show notes and you can use the promo code JWSURF5. Don't forget the E at the end of Surf. That's JWSURF5 for 5% off your first year. Don't spend another minute doing things manually. Go get set up with Surf. Right now, I'm in the middle of monsoon season where I'm at. It's actually pouring rain and we're probably about to lose power. So I'm going to try to get this recording out there as quickly as possible before I go completely dark for the rest of the weekend. So uh, this episode is on the topic of knowing your worth and knowing your value as a revenue uh, or sales professional in a tech company, whether that's an early stage SaaS startup or one of the bigger, more mature companies, you've got a lot of value. And I think a lot of people don't really know how to quantify their value in a company, or they might think that they're a burden or overhead or a cost. And this is a really hot topic right now because we're seeing a lot of layoffs in the tech space. And some of those layoffs are sales professionals or revenue professionals or account managers or whatever, uh, you know, whatever professionals driving growth for the company. And that's, you know, not something pleasant to see in tech because for the last, I don't know, 10 years plus, we've seen up into the right growth, rapid hiring, and only occasionally have, have we seen this sort of contracting in, in the, the tech marketplace. So it's a hot topic right now. And there was two, you know, a couple of things sort of spurred this idea for me to do an episode about it. One was just talking to a couple of my peers and then also talking to a couple of the, the folks that listen to the show. And you know, some of them feeling like they can't ask for a certain salary or they can't ask for a certain equity package or they can't ask for, uh, you know, specific comp structure or something like that because they're not valued enough. And this, you know, let this just be a reminder to you that if you're in sales and tech, you are incredibly valuable. And I always think of myself as kind of a math equation. And this, I've told this, maybe I've shared this on the podcast before. Uh, I've definitely told it to a lot of my my colleagues, but I was working for a founder once who basically said, you, Jesse, are a math equation. Uh, if you do what we think you're going to do, basically we can expect a, you know, X return on our investment in you. And that takes a lot of different shapes depending on how far along this the, the company is. Early stage startups just want to sort of break even or make good on how much they spend on you as a hire. But more mature startups that are past that, you know, initial growth stage, they're expecting to make three to maybe seven X what they pay for you, your full overhead or, or uh, fully burdened cost. And one way to think about your fully burdened costs is it's not just your your base salary and your commissions, but it's your healthcare and you know your computer costs and all the different things that go into hiring somebody. So let's just say like the average kind of middle career AE maybe it is like a two hundred thousand or two hundred fifty thousand dollars fully burdened. That's like their cost. 
um, enterprise, it goes up from there. And of course, if you're more in the small business side of things, it might be lower than that. But let's just say for, let's just say as an average, like $200,000 is your fully burdened cost as a rep. Most founders in an early company are first going to figure out how to just pay you off. <laughs> in other words, break even on what they spend on you as an employee, fully burdened. But then as you get to the later stages of growth in a startup, founders are trying to figure out, okay, if, if I, you know, if, if Jesse's fully burdened cost is 200 grand, how do I get 600 grand uh, or a million out of Jesse? That way, you know, if I pay him $200,000, I made a million. That's one way to think about it. The other thing to think about is in a tech company, there's an innovation component in how tech companies are valued. So it's not just about the revenue growth. One of the really powerful things about a SaaS company is that it's subscription. So, you know, usually if I come in as an account executive and I'm selling deals or even as an SDR or account manager, I'm selling these recurring deals. So my deals are annual or maybe they're multi-year or maybe they're monthly. Either way, there's like a recurring payment subscription that you're setting up and that has, you know, sort of a compounding effect on the value of a company. But also there's an innovation piece to how tech companies get valued. And that is, okay, so X, X startup is growing their subscription base, right? They're adding, you know, new customers every single month or every quarter. And those are new subscribers that are going to be long-term. Maybe that's a year, maybe it's three years, maybe it's 10 years, who knows, but they're, you know, long-term subscribers, but we're also innovating on the products. So we're adding new features, new functionality, and that's making the tech more, uh, you know, valuable because there's, you know, new functionality, new features, it's innovative. And so when investors go out and value a SaaS company, they're looking at those components like innovation, as well as the growth of the logos, uh, the growth of the, you know, recurring revenue and some of those things. So you as the sales rep, and why I'm getting into all the weeds here, because you don't necessarily need to know this stuff, but I think if you are going to work in tech sales, I personally, you know, think it's a good idea to understand how a tech business works as much as you possibly can. Uh, and so that, you know, sometimes comes in the form of understanding how founders are thinking about the growth of the tech company or how CEOs or VPs of sales are thinking about that growth. And so if you think about the, the innovation side, plus the subscription side, those are two levers that the organization, the company's pulling on to grow the value of the, of the tech startup or the tech company, right? So a few resources that you can check out that I think will help back all of this up. One is an article that I read many years ago now. It was written in 2017 by Corey Bray. I think I've talked about Corey on the show before. He uh, owns Coach CRM and Closed Loop. He's been an author a handful of times. Uh, actually check out his book on sales development and sales ops. Uh, really, really good stuff that he's put out. And he wrote an article in 2017 that I remember just someone sent this to me back then and it just completely changed the way that I, I look at what I'm doing. And it's called, there was a two part series and I think it's called uh, how much equity should sales reps get And the, the article actually goes into how early sales reps in a tech startup sometimes get hosed a little bit because you're not really given a lot of equity and you're given a pretty modest salary in the big scheme of things when as you get, like, if you take a, a tech company from zero customers to 10, you've taken it by, you know, you've grown the, the value, the valuation of that company exponentially because those 10 logos represent, again, the subscription side of things, the growth of that recurring business model, but also that innovation, that curve. And so you're essentially putting millions of dollars into the pocket of the founders or the founder. Uh, in the form of value in that business. And so if you can change your mindset and think about it that way, 
as a sales rep, you're coming in, you're doing the hardest job in the business, which is coming in and trying to get the first round of customers selling the vision of a, of a company. And again, this works at early stage SaaS startups as well as late stage ones. Even in the late stages, every incremental logo and you know new subscriber that you're adding on to a SaaS platform is helping to, to sharpen that curve going up, right? So if you can, you know, I'll post the link to this article, definitely read it. One, because it's gonna help you understand how equity works in an early SaaS company. I think it's really important to understand that. It's gonna give you some context for how valuations work in an early SaaS startup uh, or a late SaaS startup also, but it's just also gonna show what kind of lever you are in this business, how valuable you actually are. You're worth millions to these founders. So don't be shy when you're going in to negotiate a salary or a compensation package. Don't be shy if six months into an early stage, uh, early stage SaaS role, things aren't going how you expected them to go and you're not getting the resources you need to be successful. The onus is on the founder to help make you successful. It really is. And if they're not willing to do that, then you need to have a frank conversation with that founder or your you know, sales leader or whoever it is to help you get to that point because you are truly valuable to this organization and you're worth you know literally millions of dollars in the pocket of the founder if you're successful in the role. So that was one resource that I'll post here that I thought was pretty interesting. And then also, uh, the CEO of RepView, and I've talked again about RepView a lot on the show, posted a, a LinkedIn post this week, and I'm, gonna, I'm actually just going to pull it up right now so I can almost read it verbatim here. But it was on the topic of sort of opportunity cost for having a sales rep leave or, or churn from a, from a tech company. Uh, so let me see here. I'm looking at his, uh, his LinkedIn here. Okay. So I'm just going to read the post because I think it was, it was awesome. And it was, again, this is all a, a reminder that you're very valuable. You have a lot of leverage in your role, whether you realize it or not. And so again, hopefully some of these resources back it up with data, because I'm just sort of speaking from general knowledge about the tech space, but this is, you know, both Corey and Ryan share some really great data to back this up. So here's Ryan's post, Ryan Walsh, CEO, and recovering CRO, he says, uh, but he's the CEO of RepView, which I've again talked about. It's a uh, kind of a database of what the best companies are to work for if you're in sales and they have a bunch of other categories, you know, which companies pay the best and some of those different things. Definitely check out RepView and sign up. So his post says, you're way more valuable than you realize. I heard from a senior rep recently that their territory shrank, their sales territory shrank and their comp plan cut. And guess what? They're looking. Shocker. I ran the numbers to show not if this was a mistake by the company, but how big of a mistake it was. This shows the impact of an 80% rep leaving. Now, 80% being, let's just say they were kind of average, you know, achieving about 80% of their quota. If they left, you know, imagine what your top reps are costing you. If, if you have someone who's overachieving in the organization, what does that cost the company? So if an organization truly believes the business will be better off with higher attrition based on having more reps, more quota coverage, smaller territories, take a look below. A lot of leaders out here not playing the long game. Happy to share the updated version. Drop a comment below. So he's got like a spreadsheet that he pasted into this LinkedIn post. And it has, you know, like what it, it's got a bunch of assumptions uh, around the rep specifically, but it's, it's you know, what if the, the rep had a $600,000 quota? And what if you have 35% of your reps churning out of the business? I don't know if you can hear the thunder, but again, I'm getting drenched over here in a monsoon storm. Um, let's say that the rep stays for just under three years. And their average attainment year one was 40%, average attainment year, year two was 80%. Uh, and then that's kind of a $1.3 million contribution. 
And uh, let's see, average total customer relationship tenure. Let's say the average customer in years stays eight years. Um, and that revenue contribution per rep is around 10834000 So again, it's not going to make sense for me to read off all these numbers. I'm going to post the link to this post. But he basically breaks it all out. Like, what is this going to cost the company? What does it impact a company if you have a really good rep who's performing leave? And so again, all of this, I'm, I'm sharing all of this so that you, whatever situation you're in, whether you're trying to go ask for a pay raise or a promotion, or whether you're, you're getting hired in as a new rep at a company, you have you know, this mindset of I'm coming in as an incredibly valuable resource to this business. I should be paid fairly and accordingly. People shouldn't play games with my commission. I should have a, a some skin in the game in the form of equity. But basically what he's saying is, you know, even an 80% performing rep, the revenue impact is 2.4 million bucks. So if you lose a really good rep, you're, you know, 2.4 million bucks goes down the drain. And I didn't read through everything here, so I don't know what the time interval is on this, but the bottom line, oh, hold on, it says hiring. Yeah, it takes three months to hire a new rep and it's just going to cost the company that that much in losses. So yeah, I'll, I'll post these. Just moral of the story is know your worth, know your value as a tech sales rep and realize that you've got a lot more leverage than you probably think you have because you're incredibly important to the business, even if you're not overachieving. Now, the goal behind my show is to help you get to a point where you are overachieving in your role. So if you are an overachiever, you're, uh, you've got even more leverage. But even if you're not a top achiever, you still carry a lot of value in a tech business because of those, uh, those levers, right? The growth, the logo count, revenue growth, and the innovation curve as well that's going to help increase the valuation of a SaaS startup or a SaaS uh, mature business. So hopefully that helps somebody out there who's kind of thinking through some of these things. But uh, I thought I'd take a moment just to, to make sure and, and give you your friendly reminder this week that you're very valuable. There's actual data and numbers to back it up. Go follow Ryan Walsh and Corey Bray on LinkedIn. They have some of the best content. I've followed Corey for years. I've followed Ryan for about a year or more and just love the data backed stuff that they do. And uh, yeah, with that, have a great weekend and thanks for tuning in.